0: So please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you this morning. Look at Nehemiah's words. When leaders feel like giving up in times, of, in times of discouragement, I think that discouragement is man's most deadly disease. In fact, it's worse than polio or MS. It's worse than AIDS. It's, discouragement is man's most deadly disease. Because in your notes, number one, It's universal. Discouragement is universal. Everybody gets discouraged. It's man's most deadly disease. Number two, because it is also contagious. If you're around someone who is discouraged, you can get discouraged fairly quickly. It's contagious. But there's good news for the disease of discouragement. Number three in your notes, it's curable. Discouragement is universal, it is contagious, but it is curable. Bill Russell made this statement, winners never give up in a slump, but they just keep on riding it out. So what do you do when you feel like giving up? Life has its ups and downs. Everybody has their off days. Maybe you have just had an off week. You feel like giving up. You ask yourself, is it worth it? I think one of the reasons that the book of Nehemiah is in the Bible is that this story gives us the cures and the causes of discouragement. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 4. When, when Sambalot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. So we built the wall till all of us had reached half its height, For the people who worked with all their hearts. See, Nehemiah had led some Jewish people from exile back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem. And they built it to half its height. So Nehemiah writes Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble. We cannot rebuild the wall. In this chapter, we have three causes of discouragement. They started, they got going on the project, but about halfway, the project, they began get feeling discouragement. Three reasons. Number one in your notes, the first cause of discouragement is fatigue. Look at Nehemiah 4.10. The strength of the labors is giving out. So the number one cause of discouragement is fatigue. We just wear out. They had worked a long time. They were physically exhausted. They were tired. They were weary. They were worn down. And when you're physically down, it's very difficult to be emotionally and spiritually up. When I run into people who are discouraged, I kind of want to tell them, get some rest. Sometimes the most spiritual things you can do is to go to bed. But please don't leave now. Do you know what Vince Lombardi said? He said in your notes, know, fatigue makes cowards of all of us. And that's so true. It's amazing how much better things look after a good night's sleep. They were, they were worn out. Or oh, you know, farmers, and you know, farmers will rotate crops. They leave some of the land foul. They rest a portion of the land. Every farmer knows that land has the change of crops and has rested for what will produce a greater harvest. So you actually need periodic rest. Do any of you know who Frederick W. Taylor is? You ought to thank him. Fred W. Taylor, in 1898, in your notes, he did a scientific study that proved the workplace people would produce more if they had periodic breaks. So Fred Taylor gave us breaks. Your coffee break, thank Fred Taylor. People work better when they have rest. When, when does fatigue usually set in then? Well, the Bible says, when the wall is reached about what? Half its height. Fatigue comes about the midpoint. Everybody has energy when you get started. It's a new project, new problem, new solutions. You work with all your heart at the start. But as the newness of the project begins to wear off, you get bored. You start getting tired. Fatigue begins to set in. Whenever you are climbing a mountain, you get about halfway up, turn around and look back, then you look forward to see how far it is to the top yet. You get discouraged. Fatigue comes at the midpoint. And that's why many people do not complete things. And you notice number two. There's a second cause to discouragement and that is frustration. So look at Nehemiah 4 verse 10. And there is so much rubble that this is the litter and the debris. Whenever you're in a building program, there's trash and rubble. The people are rebuilding the wall. There are broken pieces, parts of the old wall all around. It became frustrating to have the wall over and around all this rubble. Have you ever tried to live in a house that you're remodeling at the same time? It can be pretty frustrating. The rubble keeps building up. It begins to look like the work It's just never gonna get done. How many of you have jobs beyond this? How many of you have jobs, the kind of jobs that your work just never, never finishes? Raise your hand if you have one of those jobs. You know what frustration is like. It's frustrating. And you know, when your work is never done, when your work is never done, it's frustrating. That can cause discouragement. Trash seems to multiply. Have you noticed that? It's kind of like rabbits. Multiplies. People also have rubble in their lives that keep them from reaching their goals. What's the rubble in your life? Well, rubbles are really trivial things in your life that keep you from reaching your goals. And you notes, rubble in life are time wasters. Time wasters like television and certain habits. It just takes up all your time. Fatigue causes discouragement. Frustration causes discouragement. Number three in your notes, third cause of discouragement failure. Look at Nehemiah 4, verse 10 again. We cannot rebuild the wall. They were saying that we should never have even tried to rebuild these walls. It's ridiculous. Who are we that we think we could ever finish this project? They did not meet their original deadline, they failed, and became discouraged. Failure causes discouragement. So We have fatigue, frustration, and failure. They lose their enthusiasm, their confidence goes down the drain, they lose heart. So the question is, how do you react to failures? How, what do you do with setbacks? When things don't get accomplished on time, when your plans collapse, when you don't meet your original goals, do you give in to self-pity? Or do you blame yourself? Or do you blame other people? Do you start complaining? Just about the time when I think I'm going to make ends meet, somebody will move the ends. Winners. Winners see failure only as a temporary setback. We have the supreme example from Jesus. Jesus came into the world to set up his kingdom in the hearts of his people. They rejected him. They mocked him. They put him on trial, crucified him on the cross. It looked like a bad Friday. It was only temporary. Jesus paid the price for man's sin. He endured all of God's wrath on the cross. On the third day, Jesus arose from the tomb. We celebrate then a good Friday because of the resurrection. Our days of crucifixion are turned into days of resurrection in Christ. So, we want to look at the antidote to the causes of discouragement. We have three practical cures for discouragement. The first thing that Nehemiah did was to give rest to everybody, he proclaimed some holidays. So, when you notice, if you are discouraged, number one, just rest your body. Rest your body. And it's amazing how much better things look just after a good night's sleep. Look at Psalm 127, verse 2. Please read it with me together out loud. God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Some of you need to underline that. Put it on your refrigerator. The Bible says that it's vain for you to rise up early and stay up late. Look at Psalm 119. You made my body, Lord. I would give me sense... To heed your laws. And what does that mean? It means that eat right. You get your sleep. You exercise. You relax. Balance. Rest is so important. God even put rest in the big ten commandments. Every seventh day you are to rest. If you ignore God's will, you suffer consequences. Which commandment talks about rest? And you notes, it's the third commandment. On this day of rest. You rest your bodies, but you also feed your spirits. See, God says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Then Martin Luther writes, we do that when we do not despise preaching and his word. Hold it sacred. Gladly hear and learn it. So first of all, we rest. Number two in your notes, you reorganize your life. In order to overcome discouragement, you need to reorganize your life. Look at Nehemiah 4, verse 14. 13, after Nehemiah saw that the people were discouraged, he said, therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at their exposed places, posting them by families. What did Nehemiah do? He said, some of you go over there and some of you go over there. Let's get together in groups of families. We're not going to give up. We're going to get into organized groups of families. So Nehemiah did did not give up on his goal. He reorganized. Here's the point in your note. Encouragement. Encouragement comes through small groups. When you are discouraged, often it does not mean that you're doing the wrong things. What it means is that you're doing the right thing in the wrong way. You need to reorganize. The tendency when we get discouraged is just to give up on the dream. It might be the right thing. You only have to be doing it the right way. God wants you to try a new approach. You're going in debt? Then reorganize your budget. You're overcommitted? Reorganize your time schedule. You're out of shape? Reorganize your lifestyle. Reorganize your eating pattern. So Nehemiah, he reorganized the people when they were discouraged. Some of you are really discouraged because you're under pressure. Your workload is unbelievable. You need to develop life plan. So you make sure that you have time for things that are important. God, family, church. So Nehemiah, he grouped leaders by families. We asked why. Because we need each other. We need God, we need the church, and we need fellow Christians. The Bible uses the word one another, one another over and over. It says to serve one another, love one another, help one another, care for one another, Pray for one another, greet one another, encourage one another. That phrase, one another, is used in the New Testament in your notes 50 different times. See, we need support. When you're out there as a Lone Ranger, you'll become discouraged quickly. We need each other. So you join a Bible class, you get involved so that you have other people who are supporting you. Nehemiah stationed them by families. The number one characteristic of survivors in critical times, why they can actually stay alive is that they wanted to see their kids grow up. They wanted to be with their spouses again. They stayed alive because people were counting on them. There was a support group that gave them the motivation to hang in there and not give up. So number one, rest your body. Two, reorganize your life. Number three, In your notes, remember the Lord. When you you are discouraged, remember the Lord. Look at Nehemiah 4, verse 14. Nehemiah said to them, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. So you rest your body, reorganize your life, and you remember the Lord. What is he saying here? In your notes, refocus on Jesus. You recommit yourself to Jesus. Draw on spiritual resources. Get plugged in. Typically when we become discouraged we have our eyes off of the Lord and we are focused always on the problems. Off of the solution, onto the circumstances. So do you remember? What do you remember when you are discouraged? So Nehemiah talks about three things. Three things that you need to remember when discouraged. And you notice number one You remember God's goodness in the past. You remember God's goodness to you in the past. What are all the positive things that God has done for you? You start counting your blessings. Name them one by one. And you'll be surprised. The healthiest emotion that you can have is the emotion of gratitude. The attitude of gratitude. So you remember God's goodness to you in the past. Number two, remember God's closeness. In the present, you remember God's closeness to you right now. Jesus said, I am with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are never without Jesus. Open your eyes and see the closeness of God in the present. God is with you in every circumstance in your life. You're never in this situation alone. Never. So number one, remember God's goodness in the past. Number two, remember God's closeness in the present. And number three, remember God's power for the future. Over and over again, the Bible is full of promises where God says, As your days are, so shall your strength be. I will give you power. I will help you. Over and over, you can find God's promises for strength in the Bible. Look at Isaiah 40, verse 31. Please read that with me out loud. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. See, God promises to see us through. Take one day at a time. So in conclusion, look at Psalm 119. I am completely discouraged, the psalmist says. I lie in the dust. Revive me by television. Is that what it says? No. Revive me by going out to a good restaurant. Is that what it says? No. Revive me with a good shopping spree. Revive me with a trip to Tahiti. No, no. It says revive me by your word. If you want the quickest antidote to your discouragement, get into the Bible. And you know some encouraging words come from the Bible. You can charge up your batteries by remembering the Lord. One day it's said. The devil challenged his fellow demons. He challenged them. He said, We need to figure out a way to neutralize in your notes, to neutralize these believers. How can we make Christians ineffective? Well, one demon said, Why don't we tell them the Bible is a bunch of lies? The devil said, That won't work. They're smarter than that. Another demon said, Why don't we tell them that prayer doesn't work? The devil said, that won't work either. Many people already have answers to their prayers. Then the third demon said, Why don't we just discourage them? The devil said, Good. That will work. Discouragement will make believers ineffective. It will neutralize them. No one wants to be around discouraging people. That will work. So in your notes, Dwight L. the white Di Moody once said, I've never known God to use a discouraged person, but the devil certainly will. Discouragement is the tool of the devil. So rest your body, reorganize your life, remember the Lord.